Oberhorn, the Europeans really didn't like him, particularly the Austrians. They criticized him, they called him names. He stood up under it all. He's just an amazing youngster. Frank, they may not like it very much, but the facts of life are that here he is standing in the starting gate of the Olympic downhill as the favorite, and he's only been on the World Cup circuit one full year with one victory. And the reason, just as you said, he's been that great in training. Also in the top, he's at the top of another Olympic downhill, Lake Placid, 1980. Bill Johnson was a forerunner. And the thing that's good about this downhill form is that it it's relatively flat and favors a glider like Johnson. We can see him here on this very important turn up at the top where he's got his hip in. Most recent album, Sarajevo. 
Oh man, I was supposed to see him live. You know, he's going to be live. Uh, uh, let's see, it's off the top of my head. Um, Vancouver, BC, Rickshaw. Uh, he's going to be playing with FM Attack. I believe the date is October twenty second. You want to check on that. Uh, he's also going to be playing with Wolftron and I believe Mecha Maiko. Check on the post. <laughs> Good evening. My name is Karin Zoe Lee, and you're listening to Night Ride FM. Uh, I have another guest tonight. There's so many good releases this month. I, I got another one. Uh, Diamond Field. Um, if you are a friend of uh, Velingo, you might know his name. Um, it's been bopping around out there, but uh, he's finally coming out with his uh, self-titled debut album, and I'm going to bring him on the show to talk about it. In the meantime, I've got so much new music. <laughs> so I got the Sarajevo cassette. Uh, I also picked up Roxy Drive and Celerex cassette, Feel the Beat. Uh, here's one of my favorite tracks, Never Find Another. <laughs>
That was Never Find Another by Roxy Drive and uh, Celerect LA Daydreams. Yeah, I picked that up. Feel the beat. <laughs> picked that up from Bandcamp. Up next, Sandra Gavin has a new one out, Hooked on You. You can also get a poster or a shirt or some stickers or just pick up the single, get something, support Sandra Gavin and Hooked on You.
Hooked on You by Sander Gavin. And uh, he's in the IRC. Come in and bug him. <laughs> Shower him with praise. We love that. <laughs> Coming up next, a world premiere of a new A Dollar Underwater track. Uh, they've had this uh, teased on socials for a little while. This is a track called After You. I'm losing I'm losing sight of you I'm losing I'm losing sight of myself too I shrink away in the rearview mirror the G. We love his album Wanderers. Uh, I would love to add him to my cassette collection, but they sold out 
PDQ pretty damn quick. So, <laughs> why don't I just play one of my favorite tracks? This is one that features Demi K on guitar, a track called Memories of Ice. <laughs> by the G featuring Demi K. Demi K has an album out too, Soul Killer. Check them both out. Coming up next, uh, if you were here with me on Tuesday, you may have heard this already. Parallels has a new single out called Stardust. <laughs>
Stardust by Parallels, brand new single from uh, Supersymmetry, coming up. Uh, coming up next at 1980 has a new release, Late Night Calls, with of course the vocalist Josh Daly, whom I absolutely love. Um, I played one for you on Tuesday. I'm going to play a different one tonight. Here is California Nights. <laughs> honestly and all the works of Josh Daly. I, I love his songwriting. Uh, coming up next uh, we have one from Aztec that I played Tuesday. This is Kai's Land with Dreams and Doubts. <laughs> ¶¶ 
by Kaisland from Aztec Records. Coming up next, it's a new local of mine, Delta 4. And uh, they came out with their album 2, and I'm going to play you this track, Pursuit.
is Pursuit by Delta 4 from uh, their 2020 album 2. And they are my locals, so Seattle scene. <laughs> Coming up next, I have another one from Aztec. Yeah, John, slip me this one from Atta's trench coat. This is Badison uh, from her new release, Out of Nowhere, a track called You Not Me. We started out as a cool friends. You were into me in my bed. Late night sucking what's next. Like the future's gonna bring anything that lasts. recent release out of nowhere from aztec records coming up next guess who i've been in touch with jonah of uh, <laughs> titan project you remember that name i, I played their singles a, a while ago and jonah's getting into um mastering so you know he's open for business arlick studios anyway here's a titan project track called just call my name Just call my name. 
Good to know that they're still doing music. Coming up next, I got an email from Color Theory and Matt Manson. Uh, <laughs> they have they have an album out uh, on Bandcamp right now, uh, Peripheral, and it is a bunch of 80s covers. They sent this one to me yesterday. This is a Depeche Mode cover of The Sun and the Rainfall.
Rainfall, a Depeche Mode song covered by Matt Manson and Color Theory. That's from their album Peripheral. Uh, Twelve cover tracks, two alternate tracks for each version. 
Um, a total of 36 tracks. Yeah, so that'll be out Friday, Peripheral, Matt Manson and Color Theory. I got one more for you before I introduce our guest. Uh, one that I played Tuesday from Nanoverse. I love this one. This is Order Out of Chaos.
was Order Out of Chaos by Nanoverse from their most recent album, The Great Deception. If you like uh, synth metal, check it out. It's pretty hot. So I've kept you here an hour already, so it's time to bring out Diamond Field. But uh, first, I'm going to play the opening track from his self-titled album that's releasing July 30th on Bandcamp. Available for pre-order now on uh, cassette and vinyl. Here's Diamond Field with New Situation featuring Nina Luna.
And that was New Situation by Diamond Field, featuring Nina Luna on vocals. And of course, my guest of the hour is the man himself from Diamond Field, Andy Diamond. Hello, sir. Hey, Karen. How are you doing? Thank you for joining me. Thanks for having us on the show. I'm uh, I'm I'm glad you reached out because uh, I remember when I first heard about you, it was actually from uh, Velingo compilation. Right. A couple of years back, a song uh, that you did with Dana Jean Phoenix called Freedom Pass. That was about when I first entered the scene. So, Right, right. Well, you kind of came along at the right time <laughs> and <laughs> for that intro. And um, the stuff that you've been doing since then is, is great. So it's kind of awesome to be talking to you. Yeah, and you're you're about to come out with your, your debut LP, self-titled yep. album. Uh, you said that you sort of came across me from the Bilingo compilation, the Five Years compilation, and we did an exclusive track for that with Dana. Um, so it hasn't been released on anything else. But before that, we started uh, way back 2013, just doing remixes mainly for other people, and I was trying to figure out my sound. And then our first single came out in 2014, which was... Uh, Neon Summer with Nina Luna, who was called Nina Yasmin back then. Um, and you just heard her on the New Situation song, so it's great to have her back. And then we did another single in 2015, uh, or a couple, a couple of those. One with Matt Rise, who's on the album this time, and one with Rat Rios. We did a cover of a Twin Peaks song for a, a retro promenade compilation of Twin Peaks covers done in the synthwave style. Then we had uh, we did we had um, closer with Rat Rios that was 2017 and then in 2019 we did uh, won't compromise with Bob Haro who's kind of a well-known BMX freestyle guy who was big in the 80s so a lot of people who are into that scene kind of know him so all of those songs were actually meant to be on this record and what happened was we would still be working on all the other songs for the record and it was taking a while because we got stuck doing remixes for other people or I was busy on other projects but to keep things going we thought well let's let's put a single out uh, in, the, in the meantime and then we'll, we'll, we'll make that the lead single uh, the, the lead song from the album and what happened was we put the single out and the album just kept taking forever and forever and forever so all of those songs basically didn't end up on the album they just became standalone singles mm. that's where we are now and the, so the, the album is actually all brand new songs as far as anyone's concerned and none of those other songs made it onto the record so and I see that yeah I, I just assume this is a brand new project yeah, I mean, um, the songs have been in gestation for a number of years, just because I was really busy with other things. Um, and there's so many different people uh, singing on it that it takes a long time. You're going back and forth, and uh, maybe someone who was originally going to sing on a song couldn't do it, or for some reason, so you're back to square one again. So it's not a it's not a very straightforward process. So, so what made you decide to do a different vocalist for each song, except for Matt? Matt did two of them, but. Yeah, that's always been something I actually wanted to do from the start because I'm, I'm not a singer myself. I mean, I, I, I do demo some of the songs, like I'll top line them myself and sing the what I think is the chorus or the verse, and I'll send that to a, a vocalist and say, hey, this is my idea. Um, do you want to copy it or put your own spin on it so I might have an idea for a song? But I'm no no way want to put my own voice on as a lead voice. I just, just I think I'm good enough. So it was almost my intention to, to find other really great vocalists who could interpret songs and, and sound good on them. And so it was 
always very much in the front, the, the thought of what I was doing with, with Diamond Field. It was a kind of collaborative thing. And people who have heard things like the Chemical Brothers and Massive Attack, how they would use different vocalists on their songs. Like, the, you know, the Chemical Brothers had Noel Gallagher from Oasis and they had Barney from New Order and Massive Attack had um, Liz Fraser from the Cocteau Twins and Horace Andy, you know. They would use different vocalists on different tracks. And that was kind of my idea. I like that idea. I like that too. Uh, there was one name on there that I recognized mm-hmm. from uh, a project that you'll remember, uh, Computronics Lost and Found. Yes. Becca Starr. I, I thought I had seen that name before and it, it took me like a whole night to find it, but that's what I'd heard her from. Exactly. And, and that's how I met her, um, Sean, who is Computronic, and I um, had been talking producer stuff for a number of years and you know he would send me demos of what he was working on and vice versa and we would critique each other's stuff then he said oh do you want to play some bass on my album um which was the last one lost and found and i said yeah yeah that'd be cool so we i put a couple of bass um, tracks down for a a couple of the songs and i was listening to his demos of the or the the work in progress from that record and i heard becca start singing on it and i thought wow She's great. She's got just the sort of voice that I'm looking for for a, a particular song. So I asked him for her contacts and got in touch with her. And she, she's in Scotland. She's got a beautiful Scottish accent uh, when she speaks. And she actually raps as well. She's a great hip-hop performer and she writes her own music and does everything. She's amazing. Oh, cool. So I thought, yep, had to have her. So she actually ended up singing one song as the lead vocalist. And then she's on a couple of the other songs as a backing vocalist. Okay, yeah. cool. So how much uh, direction do you give them versus, you know, how much control? I, I guess how much freedom do you give them? I like uh, working with vocals. I like arranging vocals. I like arranging backing vocals and thinking about top lines. The top line is basically like the lead, you know, the vocal melody and how that's going to work with the song. So if I've got a specific idea, I will demo it myself and then send it off. And I, and I will often write lyrics as well. So effectively, the singer will be not so much doing karaoke. That's kind of not really giving them the, the credit, but it's they're just basically copying my idea. And that's that's cool. They'll put their own spin on it with their own voice and their own, own nuances, the way they sing and their own personality. And they might think that a lyric doesn't really work and they, they would change it. And other people, like I would just send them an instrumental and say, go for it, you know, write, write your lyrics, come up with a vocal melody, that, that would work as well. So it's, it's a definitely a, a mixture. I like that everybody brings their own personality to uh, to the project. I, I see so many times that a lot of them will have one dedicated singer. And that's fine. That's great. If that's yep. what works for them. Yeah. It does make it difficult, though, for playing live, as you can imagine. I imagine. Would you uh, tour with one vocalist or maybe two? Yeah. Um, at the moment, I'm working on um, how I'm going to do my live stuff and it happens that all of the vocalists that they had moved or gone to another city so it makes it difficult for me to use any of the singers on the record specifically to cover all of the songs so i needed to find someone who could cover the different styles male female and feel comfortable about singing them so i, I have found someone who's really keen to do that and they've got a, a great voice they do sound a bit like becca um so that's always a good thing and they've chosen the songs that they feel most comfortable about singing so we've put a set list together for that and we'll we'll work on creating that live but that was really something that stopped me from playing live in the past, was trying to find someone to cover everything. 
Yeah, I imagine so. And then lately, of course, the pandemic. But I'm glad to hear that you're making plans to get out there already. How uh, yeah. concrete are those plans as of yet? Um, pretty, pretty concrete. Um, I didn't have enough time to really put anything together for a release show. Um, so if we if we do a release show, which we, we might do, we, it might be just before the album drops, like next week, and we'll just have a listening party at a bar that a friend of mine runs, and we'll just get together, have a few drinks, and put it on the on the in-house speakers and just blast it, you know? That'd be fun. Yeah, that's always fun. That's something we did with the Valingo compilation too, and we managed to get uh, quite a few of the artists to come down and, and hang out and do that. It was, it was fun, because there's no pressure about having to perform. It's just enjoying, uh, cel- celebrating the launch of the, of the record. You know, when, when there were festivals like Neon Festival and Outland and all those sort of things, I was like, man, I really want to play those shows. But A, I didn't have an album finished, so I didn't have enough songs. And B, I, I just didn't have my shit together to perform. So, <laughs> uh, when was the last time you were on stage? Um, not long ago, actually, because... Um, my my other thing, like I'm 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 a bass player by profession, really, and so I play with a lot of different bands, different styles of music. Oh, okay. um, like I'm in an Americana sort of country rock band, and I play with pop artists. Like I've played with Nina Luna and her doing her own contemporary stuff. I played with Chelsea Nenny in a band called Late Slip, who and she's on the record as well. And that's kind of a Dolly Parton meets the Ramones type thing. And there's a whole lot of other acts that I play with as well so during the pandemic that was tough because there's nothing to do but as soon as it finished and we all got our shots and stuff we were just like let's do some stuff so I've played quite a few times in the last uh, couple of months and some more shows coming up with some other people and it's just it's just been great and so that has inspired me to, to really get that diamond field live thing going
so this is your debut album. Um, so I'm assuming you haven't taken the Diamond Field project on stage yet? Nope. No, I have not. Um, I've only DJed as Diamond Field, and that was uh, at the Valingo Compass release. And we had Bunny X and uh, Marion and um, Abby from Bunny X and myself doing little DJ sets. So that's the only time Diamond Field has been officially doing anything. And I, I guess you could say that spinning records isn't really performing. <laughs> okay. So let's see. Before Diamond Field, the DJ, were you a, still a bass player? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've been doing that since the 80s, actually. So, okay. And actually, Matt, Matt Rise, Matthew Rise, who's on the record, him and I go way back to the 80s and have performed together in various bands and projects since then. That's that's why he's always on my records because he's a, a fantastic singer and we're great friends and we, we get along. He's been living in LA. He's originally from New Zealand, as, as I am. So he's been in LA, he came out here and we did vocals out here and we, we've just been working on stuff. He's he's great. He was picked up by uh, uh, Outcast guys way back in the 90s to do some showcase and work on some records for them in Atlanta. Very cool. He's, he's had his own stuff on, uh, you know, won music awards and had numbers one singles and release records and just did a collaboration with speech from arrested development a couple of years ago and so he's he's a great talent he's a really great talent and a great friend and i think that's something that comes through on the record too is that the people who are on it they're not just cold calling people and saying hey you know i've got the song do you want to sing on it it's more like you're a friend of mine we've worked together before we understand each other let's let's do something together so it's, it's it has a deeper connection I can't wait to hear his tracks. Yeah, his aren't available yet. But. Uh, yeah, well, there's, the, the reason he's doing two on the record is because um, it just turned out that one of the songs was was co-written with Lockie James. Who I'm not sure if you've heard of, but Lockie is an Australian artist, and he put out a really great record around about 2014, which was well received in the synthwave scene. It was kind of Duran Duran sort of stuff, really really amazing. And he, we decided that we would work on a track for this record together because I really like what he did. So he sent me the idea for the song out here. It's called Out Here for Love. That's what it ended up as. And Matt sings on that one, but. We, we collaborated, he, he sent me that and I worked on it and he was kind of out of the scene for a while so I continued to work on the song and I was going to get Lockie to sing it originally and, and it didn't sort of eventuate so I got Matt to do it and he's already done another song so he's on the album twice and he's doing backing vocals on a bunch of the other songs as well so I don't think you can get enough of Matt if you like a really powerful good voice that can do a little bit of R&B and, and rock and everything. Yeah, no, I can't wait to hear those when they uh, when they come out. Uh, for those who aren't me and don't have it already, it's going to be out July thirtieth. So, yes, the vocalists. I, I know they provide uh, vocals and maybe lyrics, and you'll help them with that. But do you work with anybody that does anything else in the production process with you collaboratively? Uh, no, not in the production process. So that's all you. Yeah, I mean, for me, because because I've been involved in so many other music projects, like you know, as a sometimes producer, sometimes you know, mixing, other times performing, or or being a background player or whatever. I specifically wanted this project just to be something I could control and keep my hands on. So that means production, 
writing, arrangement, doing all the programming, playing as much of the instrumentation as I can, the mixing. Um, the only thing I didn't do was mastering and there's a couple of guest artists who, who contribute some instrumentation. Uh, we've got Chris Ward, a saxophone warrior, who plays on Look to the Stars, which is uh, which features Kyle Broach on um, vocals. And he was in a band called Midwave, who was did some kind of synthy stuff uh, a few years ago. But Chris, Chris lived in my neighborhood and I would look after his cats when he goes away and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. He's a great sax player, Berkeley trained, you know, played his, like the Blue Note in New York. And also one of the things I really liked about what he does is he plays a lot of contemporary stuff as well as trad jazz. So he was playing with one of my favorite electric clash outfits, Fisher Spooner, who were pretty big in the early 2000s. Um, so he played on their most recent record and he also played with another contemporary act called Lord Huron and plays with modern jazz outfit called the Hipster Assassins with a guy called Felix Pistorius who's the son of Jacko Pistorius who was a very famous bass player um, and all, all the all the jazz heads will know who that is so it was really really great to have Chris come in and, and play sax because he's, he's such a great guy and great player and it really you know every every kind of 80s record needs a bit of sax on it <laughs> or guitar or guitar, and um, the, we had a, a guest guitar player, Roger Cunningham, who's uh, also from New Zealand and lives in LA. He and I played in a band in the early 90s. Uh, it was kind of like a college, indie college, REM sort of band. And he's a great guitar virtuoso as well, a multi-instrumentalist. So I said, hey, you've got to play on this record, man. You've got to play it. Give me give me your chops. Give me your, give me that. Give me that Eddie Van Halen, uh, Dan Huff, Michael Landau sort of 80s stuff. So he did that. That's cool. So those those are the only two other players. And I just really wanted to do as much instrumentation as I could myself just to kind of, not to prove anything, but just to kind of put my own spin on it because I'm not a very good guitar player and I'm not a very good keyboard player, but I know what I want to do and I can kind of do that in my own way and hopefully it sounds okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So when did you when did you pick that up? That's a quite a jump from, you know, bass player in somebody else's band to having 100% control in your own workstation. Um uh, kind of well, I've actually always done that in, in parallel. Like so in, in the 80s when I was playing in bands, a lot of the bands had, like, we had keyboard players and stuff like that, so they actually had things like DX7s and Juno 106s and, and things like that. So they were kind enough to say, hey, you know, if you want to borrow the synth and take it home and play around with it, you can do it. So I was like, yeah. Oh, cool. We'd, you know, sit down and play along to the Human League or something and try and figure out what the sounds were. And, and then, you know, you get things like we got a four-track recorder, just to start to write songs and, and figure out how to put things together. And that's a natural progression to today's modern at-home studios with Pro Tools or Logic or whatever. Uh, it's, it's no different, really. It's just different technology. Yeah. So it's, I've, I've always done it. It's just um, a lot easier to flesh out your vision these days. So is your workstation totally digital? It is. And because I'm originally from New Zealand, when I was living there, I had a, a studio that was full of vintage synthesizers. Some really nice things that sometimes I think about and fondly. But I had to sell most of it to relocate to the US because um, I wasn't going to be able to ship it all over. And I didn't want to put it in storage because vintage synthesizers tend to crap out if they don't get used. 
Mm-hmm. So going from every like tons of hardware, like a museum of synthesizers, I had to go completely into software synthesizers. You know, we live in a small apartment in New York City. It's you know you can't really have ten synthesizers in your apartment. Well, you could, but your wife probably <laughs> won't. Like it. Um, but in saying that, you know, the, there's so many great software emulations of, of hardware synthesizers now. If you have an understanding of how the hardware synths work, you can translate that to the software and get very similar sounds. And just it's no no different. You're still creating. You're still writing music. It's just the tools are slightly different. Yeah, absolutely. I had a John Masari on the show earlier this year. He did the score for Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Uh-huh. He was talking about using vintage synths and how just you couldn't record for more than a couple hours at a time because it would heat up so much it would warp the sound and you'd have to yeah. turn it yeah. off and wait for it to cool down. I don't know if that was just his or if that was a pattern among synths just Ooh. getting old. It's, it's actually, I mean, even when they were new back then, you'll, you'll read stories about Talking Heads or whoever the band was, uh, Human League, Ultravox, whatever, they would play live and they would tour around and because of the temperature and the, and the lights, from the, the heat from the lights or whatever, the synths would go out of tune. Um, so they would have all this out of tune stuff and you can actually manually tune some of the synths. Uh, they have a tune button, you can tune to A440 and it will put it back in tune, but a lot of them didn't and so you'd hear all these kind of wonky notes and in some ways that did add to the character of some of the songs. Yeah, I can see that. Most of the time it was completely frustrating because things were completely out of tune. And I can understand what he's talking about as well because when I had my studio with all these hardware synths and sequences and drum machines, it would take me probably 30 minutes, 40 minutes to set everything up, get it running, and then I would have to try and write a song and then I'd have to go home. So (laughs) it'd be like, this is kind of great to have all this beautiful stuff, but if you're actually not being productive with it, it's kind of pointless. Yeah, it's impressive to see those big studios with all the stacks of synths, whether they're vintage or modern. But yeah. a lot of people are just going digital because it's consistent. <laughs> yeah, and it's cheaper. And it's cheaper, uh, <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course.
I still like synth pop in the synth wave scene. There's some people that don't like synth pop. It's crazy right. to me, but yeah. I think I lean lean more towards it personally. Yeah, synth, synth pop has always kind of been around and there's always been a movement of synth pop. And sometimes the synth pop people look at synth wave and go, what, what is this crap? <laughs> what, what, is, what is this? It's, uh, or the synth pop is tend to be more Euro, Eurocentric, I guess. There's a lot more European people playing. It's very quite serious and they've got that traditional, you know, the darker stuff with um, Depeche Mode influences or, yeah, that's that's how it kind of um, appears to me. And there, there should be much more of a crossover. So, and that's something that I've tried to do with some of my songs is, is that synth pop sound. And there's, there's one particular song on the record, which is with Nick Brinkman called In This Moment, which is very sort of OMD, simple drum machine sort of pattern and, and um, some kind of Peter Hook, New Order sort of bass on it. The, the song I did with Bob Hara was very synth pop and he's totally into the Pet Shop Boys and Eurasia and things like that. So I definitely think is uh, synth pop has not been embraced as much by synthwave artists as, as much as it could be. Like if you listen to the, the singing, the vocal centric synthwave, uh, you know, you've got Michael Oakley and Ollie Ride and um, Dana, uh, Nina, Roxy Drive, those type of artists they tend to be, well, I guess, more an anthemic sort of pop rather than the colder side of synthwave. You know, there's my, my favorite synth pop act would be y y Yaz or Yazoo if you're from uh, Europe and other parts of the world. Vince, Vince Clark and Alison Moyer together, that combination was just fantastic. Um, so to me, that, that sort of thing doesn't really exist so much in synthwave. It does more out in the synth pop world. And, you know, there are other genres that synthwave hasn't quite absorbed influences from as much, um, like uh, more sort of R&B stuff and just just sort of straight pop music and that's something that i've tried to go for on this record is, is a little bit more of that it's it's not not really a synth wave record it's more of a 80s homage in a way sure but it fits <laughs> i know it's a synth wave station but we, we love that no indeed and and a, a lot of my listening audience uh listen to synthwave and so what i'm trying to do is in a way expand the synthwave palette if you like and bring more of those traditional 80s elements you know some of my main influences are people like wang chung or ts for fears or michael Cimbello, michael mcdonald omd of course toto music that was more sort of pop radio based rather mm -hmm. than simply you know i'm not doing tangerine dream or anything like that these are songs these are songs that if you picked up an acoustic guitar and just sang them with an acoustic guitar and a vocal they would still be songs you know or you mm -hmm. could do a, a country version of it and it would it would still be a song yeah i totally get you yeah so the track i opened with new situation featuring yep. nina luna sure so new situation um that one was i wanted it to be an upbeat song this was written before the pandemic and they in fact all the tracks were and it was about finding just getting out of the same old scene that you're in and, and looking for something different and people you kind of think that you do you're you're just one dimensional and saying no i'm not i can i want to be more than that i want to find a new situation so it was a perfect album opener especially now because we're kind of all looking for that new situation we want to get out of we want to be post-covid because nina had sung on my first single neon summer i really wanted her to be on the record and i thought wow this is this is a great song for her so that's how that one came about and then the second track which is uh features matt 
Matt Rise on vocals. That was my attempt of sort of combining Michelson Bellow with uh, Michael McDonald and Miami Sound Machine. It's got a real Latin percussion vibe going on, uh, kind of Latin keyboards. It's got brass um, and it's got synth brass kind of combined with it. So it's kind of like a energetic conga type song. <laughs> But, but with a, a, um, a Michael McDonald, uh, Michael Cimbello sort of maniac type thing going on. So that, that was a lot of fun. Very cool. That's a bring back love. Bring back love. And I think that has, um, I did little notes on how many vocal tracks there were on each song. And I think that one has like uh, 40 something vocal oh, wow. tracks. Just little, little things that Matt does that he's really good at to create these uh, vocal stacks of harmony, which, which I love. Uh, and then after that, we've got um, glowing and uh, glowing in the dark, which is lyrics and uh, vocals done by Miriam Clancy, who's also from New Zealand originally, and she lives uh, in the states now. She's a great solo artist in her own right. Her last record she did with producer who produced TV on the radio and the Year Years and all those sort of people. And I had the oh, wow. pleasure of playing some of her songs with her. And she's she's just great. She can do the 80s thing and she can do Americana and she can do all kinds of things. So because we'd worked together, um, I said, you gotta, you gotta sing on this song. Yeah, this is great. And um, she just knocked me out with what she came up with for that. And that's kind of a bit more of a slightly darker, but more ethereal, Something number still kind of upbeat but um it changes the mood and that's what the record does it kind of has a mood that kind of swings from one style to the next but still is reasonably cohesive and uh after that we get into in this moment which features nick brinkman who's also from new zealand and he was in a really great band called junica which i loved and they were very much like the cure and uh, new order and things like that and he's got a very distinctive vocal style and, he, and guitar style so we have a kind of has a slightly omd cross with new order sound to it that's where i do my peter hook bass and uh, Nick does some lovely kind of cure guitar on there. Uh, and then we get to what, what I call my Yacht Rock influence song, which is uh, Spills Like Love. And that was uh, written and sung by Cody Carpenter, who you probably know from his own solo project called Ludrium. And he's also John Carpenter's son, of course. So Very cool. But um, it wasn't really the John Carpenter thing that, that led me to Cody. I, I heard his Ludrium stuff, which was really great, sort of 70s prog rock, lots of cool noodly up synthesizer playing and snazzy drums and tricky guitars and stuff. And he had a really beautiful voice. So I, I, that I thought was perfect for this song that was basically a yacht rock Crosswood track and Becca Starr did some beautiful backing vocals on that one, which reminded me of a, a song called Afternoon Delight, which was uh, uh, a one hit wonder back in the 70s <laughs> and uh, was trying to create those uh, uh, almost unison male female vocals going on. And I, I'm a big fan of ABBA as well, and I get a lot of influence from them. Uh, so that was the ABBA thing was going on there too. Uh, and then we flip over to side two because there is an album, an LP and a cassette of the record. So it's it's kind of sequenced to be side one and side two. 
<laughs> so we we blast open side two with Becca Starr singing It's Your Time, which is another kind of post-pandemic feel-good song about this is your time, go grab it, this is, you know, go do your thing. And she belts this one out. She's, you know, this is kind of her Pat Benatar, Laura Branigan sort of, let's go, let's go, we'll, we'll do it. There's some guitars and, and stuff. It's upbeat. It's a great side two opener. And then we go into the song that you mentioned that you like, Karen, which was uh, A Kiss of Heart. Mm -hmm. Lyrics and vocals done by Belinda Bradley, who's also from New Zealand, keeping it in the family. And she was in a beautiful band called Salon Reclino, who did this beautiful cinematic pop. And I've always loved her voice and the way that she writes. So I said, you got to do the song. And uh, like Miriam, she came up with the goods and just blew me away with what she she did it's a beautiful lyric really great vocal delivery and it's got a nice again slightly darker synthy atmospheric kind of pop song and then we step it up into kind of what i would call belinda carlisle go-go's territory with used to be which is sung and written by Chelsea Manning, who's the singer in a band called Late Slip, who I had the pleasure of playing with. And she's uh, she's got the most amazing voice. She's up there with Dolly Parton and all that stuff. But this is a, a snappy 80s radio pop, new way kind of girl band type number, which which is a lot of fun. And then we, we, we hit um, Look to the Stars after that, which features Kyle uh, Broach again from Chicago. And he's got a beautiful Rick Springfield sort of vocal. And we all, we all love Rick Springfield. We all oh, love yeah. that kind of stuff. And he just he just nails it on that. He wrote the lyrics um, for that and the, and the vocal melody. And, and uh, the saxophone warrior throws in his great sax on there. So that's, you know, you've got that awesome kind of 80s high energy with sax song. And then we finish up with Out Here For Love, which is the one that was co-written with Lockie James and features Matt on, on vocals and uh, also Roger Cunningham on electric guitar. So doing doing the stuff that I can't do, which is all that hammer-on kind of wow sort of stuff. That's awesome. I can't wait to hear that one. It takes you for a ride. We, we, we want to take you on a little journey with this record. you
So, Diamond Field, your self-titled album will be released July 30th, and uh, we're getting physicals, right? Physical release. We are. Um, and so we, we're doing a joint venture. Like uh, Diamond Field's releases are all on, on a label called Luca Discs, which is my own label that's been running for about 10 years now. But we partnered up with LA-based uh, vinyl-specific label called Sofa King Vinyl. And you might be familiar with all your listeners. Oh, yeah. They've released uh, some great LPs from Client Liaison, uh, also OSC. Uh, they did a series called Synthy Sevens, which were a seven-inch, uh, a series of seven-inch records that included uh, Diamond Field and Let Em Riot and Glitter Wolf and Teal and Palm Lakes, which was a nice little series. So that through through that relationship, they wanted to work with someone who really knew how to deliver a nice vinyl product. And they're a small label, but they're very well respected in the releases that they do. So we're doing a, a nice hot pink LP with a nice insert with lots of lyrics and things. And we're also doing cassettes, of course. We, we may do CDs in the future, but right now we're concentrating on LPs and cassettes. Unfortunately, and uh, the listeners will be aware of this, is that vinyl is taking forever to make due to holdups with all sorts of things. Lots of people want vinyl. The plants are don't have enough material or enough time to do everything. Uh, major labels are cranking out record store day releases and taking up time on the presses. So the release date of July 30th will include pre-orders for vinyl and cassette, uh, but they will take some months to actually arrive to you. So we appreciate the patience of our loyal fans to receive such items. That's awesome. Yeah, the pre-order is available on Bandcamp now. It is, yes. Um, mm-hmm. So Through Sofa King, yes, mm-hmm. that's right. Uh, and the other thing that we're going to do on, an, on Diamond Fields Bandcamp, because it's not going to be a physical product, is the full album, all the tracks as instrumentals. So it'll be a companion album as instrumentals, and that'll be available also on all the streaming services. So you'll have the vocal version and the instrumental version simultaneously. Oh, cool. Because a lot of people do like uh, judging from YouTube comments. <laughs> Why is it, I don't like the vocals? I just want an instrumental. So everybody should be satisfied. And then we have a special plan to release a full album of 12-inch extended mixes of all the tracks, which is something that Diamond Field has been doing with each of its singles. Um, the, the traditional 1980s style of an extended 12-inch mix, which basically goes for about seven or eight minutes and just pulls out different parts of the song and um you know we have fun with that so that's something we're looking at doing down the line as well that'll be fun yeah cool well goodness uh congrats on the release or the upcoming release (laughs) yeah well i I hope uh, people enjoy it and they find their own favorite song from all the different songs that are on there and maybe Hopefully it might inspire some other artists to pursue this type of sound and just keep building, widening the the synthwave scene so that it incorporates a whole lot of different styles of 80s influenced music. Yeah, definitely. I can kind of see it happening. Yeah. And hopefully we'll be joining some of those other artists on stage sometime. I would love that. I got to come out to New York City for a show. I really do. Yeah, we'll have to do a, a Bunny X, Diamond Field uh, there's plenty of other acts as well, but nothing nothing beats that uh, neon festival in Rhode Island that they, they had. Uh, that was amazing. So uh, I was supposed to go to the 2021. Oh, yes. Yeah. Planned on it. It did not happen. But those mm-hmm. guys are amazing. It was uh, such a great, it's a great time to see everybody and, and to hang out. And uh, I guess it was the Woodstock for <laughs> 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 without the mud <laughs> and the bikey gangs. 
without without the Hells Angels. <laughs> just arcade cabinets and vinyl. yeah, there were no there were, there were there weren't any Hells Angels kind of um, trying to keep you away from the stage, but there there were guys and girls at the video game machines slapping each other on the back for getting the high score. <laughs> Much more friendly. Sounds like it. I, I hope they do it again. I uh, hope maybe so. next year. August, I think, is when they do that, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe next year. Are you going to try and get on the bill again? Oh, yes, 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 absolutely. Yep, yep. And I think um, the the best way to get on a bill is to actually have a body of work that you've put out so that you can make more of an impression when you're applying. Uh, of course, you know, it makes sense, right? Mm. Um, we'll see how, how things go. And uh, Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for uh, for being my guests on the show, for hanging out and chatting with me. <laughs> oh, no, that's great. I, I hope I didn't waffle too long. I have a tendency to waffle long. So, yeah, I really appreciate that. You know, uh, like I said before, what, what you've done, I mean, I know that you come to things a little bit, uh, you know, a little while ago now, but, you know, recently recent in the scheme of things. And what you've mm-hmm. done has really brought a nice alternative kind of take on things, which is, and especially from a female point of view, which I, I really think is lacked sometimes. So that's really nice to have. Okay. You just, you know, you're professional and you do a great job. So Thank you. Yeah. You too, Andy. <laughs> Anyway, thank you again for being my guest. And uh, let's let's play something off your album that nobody's heard yet, not even me. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, now this has been fun. Thank you so much. Uh, be sure to catch Diamond Fields' self-titled album releasing on Sofa King Vinyl. <laughs> I can't say that without laughing. <laughs> <laughs> say it really fast. Sofa King Vinyl. I know. That's why. That's why it makes me laugh. Pull it together on the air. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be available on cassette and vinyl. Um, cassette will be, get get to you much earlier than the vinyl will. Yeah. So they are experiencing uh, some delays as well, but they but you will get that quicker than you would get vinyl. So and we're making sure that the cassette, like as someone who bought cassettes when when I was growing up, I was really really pissed off when they missed out on liner notes and made it really cheap and nasty when mm. the, the people who bought the lp got liner notes and nice artwork and stuff so we don't have a, a tinny little three panel j card we have a fold out with you know six panels and it's 24-bit master from specially mastered for cassette that's you know on the real time duplicated and so it's not going to be some crappy tape with stick on labels it's it's like it's the business very nice Yep. I can't wait to get that in my hands. I can't wait to add you to my wall of cassettes. I don't know if you've seen my pictures on social media. I have a wall ah. of cassettes now. <laughs> well, I have some leftovers of the uh, Won't Compromise My Mothlob Haro that I have some cassettes of, and I will make sure you get one to add to your wall of cassettes. Did you get the oh. Bilingo one too? I did. I did. It was like the third one he sent me. I don't know if it's my male thieves or somebody. Oh. He right. sent me three, and the last one got to me. So I felt bad. So I was I, I bought his compilation, the digital one, for random people in the scene right. <laughs> who nice. wanted it. So just like there, I hope that covers it. <laughs> which um, which color did you get? Uh, the the red one. The red one, yeah, because there's a red one and a blue one. So mm-hmm. yeah, oh, great, great, awesome, yeah. Love those cassettes, and I want to I want to see that wall. I'll, I'll go search for it, or you can send me a picture of it. Yeah, absolutely. I will definitely get pictures. I get merch pictures all the time. 
great well thank you thank you so much thank you again thank you i really appreciate it uh, let's play out with diamond fields a kiss apart uh, my name is karen zoe lee you've been listening to night ride fm and my guest andy diamond of diamond field thank you so much and have a good night cheers <laughs>